first of all, today's learning is a Zechanish with Yaakov and Shagafai Valevi, Sarlei Bashmul Tzvi, Elchanan Ben Pesach, the race of Shul, Rav Ben Barach, Rav Shlom Ben Rav Yehuda Akayin, and Moshe Ben Achman Alevi. So we're up to Daf Yud Beis Amid Aleph. I just wanted to finish up. I probably should have finished this up yesterday. Um, we were trying to figure out the Shita of Beishamai. That Beishamai does not go with Pruta; they go with a Dinar. So we've had. Three opinions, three reasons. The third reason is what we ended yesterday, which is that by Amma Evriya, by a sale of a slave, it can't be a pruta because the Pasuk describes the process of selling a slave. That if you buy a slave, it says that she's able to buy her way out, and the way she does it, she deducts the amount that she's worked from the overall value, and then, right, let's say she was bought for $700 for seven years. Uh, six years, let's go, because until Shemitah, right? $600 for six years, that means each year is $100. If after two years she wants to buy herself out, her value is $400. That, that's the Pasuk. Obviously, it can't be that she was bought for a pruta, because a pruta has no smaller denomination. It must be a higher coin. And Beishamai learns out Kedusha Isha from Amevriah. Okay, so you see Amevriah can't be a pruta, so too Kedusha Isha cannot be a pruta. So the Gemara just ends off with this. In the beginning of Yud and Aleph, the Gemara says about three lines in... Uh, the Gemara is Ve'ema. Uh, um, it's about seven lines into the page. Ve'ema palga de dinar. Ve'ema shte prutas. All you see from Amevriya, and we're learning Akadusha from Amevriya, is that it can't be a pruta. It has to be more than a pruta. So why does it have to be a dinar? Maybe it's two prutas. Right? That, that's all you learn out from Amevriya, is that it can't be a pruta. So who says it has to be a dinar? A dinar is much more than a pruta. The answer is, kivan da piksim me pruta, ok me dinar. Once Chazal understood that it can't be a pruta, they, they felt that it has to be the more chashev, it's not going to be two prutas, that's, that's random, it's going to be a more chashev of value, meaning like once it's not a dime, once it's not a nickel, they felt, okay, it was from a quarter. That, so they felt that it's mustama a dinar. Okay. The fourth and final reason of Beishamai Shita of why it's not a pruta is Rava Amar, Hainu Taimid, Beishamai Shaloi Benesi Sel Behefker. They felt that, 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 that women, Jewish women should know their self-worth, and they're worth more than a pruta. A pruta is the smallest coin in circulation. Uh, Beishamai felt that that's not appropriate to be able to purchase, so to speak, a woman, a Jewish woman, for that amount. That's not good for their, for their value. They're worth more than that. They felt that they're worth a dinar. Okay. Now, here is where we're going to start this discussion. I, I told you, I'm not going to do this very well. <laughs> Usually I don't hear that at the beginning of a sugi. I'm not going to explain this well. I'm not good at the number thing, the coin um, circulation thing. The art scroll has a, has a cheshben. I'll tell you what the Gemara is going to do. The question is like this. A pruta was the smallest coin. It was a copper coin in the times of Moshe Rabbeinu and the times of Mishnais. Now, what a pruta was, was a certain... Going all the way back, yeah. But, but the point is, a pruta was a small coin. It had a certain amount of copper. It had a value. The question is, is pruta subjective? Meaning, is pruta a certain amount, a certain value? Or is it just the smallest coin in circulation? I'll give you an example. Many years ago, if pruta was the smallest coin in circulation, it might have been a nickel. Now, it's not a nickel anymore. It'd be a quarter. Because it's the smallest coin, this inflation causes it to go up, but obviously it could also drop. At some point it can go from quarter to a nickel to a penny. The point is, is, is a pruta a specific value? And no matter, even if it's not the smallest coin in circulation, or no, is pruta the smallest coin in circulation? And then it doesn't have to have a specific value. It could be cheaper than the value. So, basil, I'm a pruta. So, 
Sava Rav Yosef Lameimah, Rav Yosef originally felt, Pruta called who? Pruta is the smallest coin in circulation. It doesn't have to have a specific value. It could be a penny. It could be a nickel. It could be a dime. It doesn't matter. Does it have to do something? Yeah, but the point is, but that it doesn't have to have a specific no, actual you value. You can't buy it. Yeah, that, that, well, nowadays, the Paiskim say that a Pruta, for, for practical purposes, it has to be a coin that you could actually purchase something with. That's why I heard from Rav David Cohen that it used to be that it was like a nickel, now it's probably a quarter, and what you could buy with a quarter is maybe in those machines. Maybe not anymore, but you can go into like a quarter and get like a toy. So, okay, if you can't do it anymore, then at some point it might turn into 50 cents as a pruta. Uh, you, have to, you have to figure it out. But the point is, it's the smallest denomination of value that could, you could use to purchase something. And that's what Rav Yosef originally felt. It doesn't actually have a market value. It's whatever the smallest val- coin in circulation. I guess in Eretz Yisrael, maybe it would be an agarot, right? Maybe a shekel, I grow, whatever it is. Amr Abaya, no, no good. Ha'alakatani, it says in the Mishnah, Kami Pruta, Echad The Mishnah says what a Pruta is. It's an eighth of an Italian Isser. So it's not the smallest coin. It has to be an eighth of the Italian Isser. So the Gemara responds, and if you want to say, and maybe when the Mishnah says it's an eighth of an Italki, that was talking about in the times of Moshe Rabbeinu, but not anymore. But maybe nowadays in the times the Mishnah is meaning. Although the Mishnah quotes it, maybe that was just saying that's what it was in the times of Moshe Rabbeinu. But nowadays it's the smallest denomination. No. can't be. Ravdimi came. He's a Shir Rav Simoy. Rav Simoy, who was an Amoira, uh, was a Tana, but uh, I think a late Tana, early Amoira. Rav Simoy says, It's an eighth, Italian, eighth of an Italian Italy. So it's not the smallest denomination. Rav and Rav have a different opinion. He would say, It's a sixth. So it's either a sixth or an eighth. It's a machlegis. But it's definitely not the smallest denomination. It has a value. So therefore, this is a rejection of Rav Yosef Shita that it's the smallest denomination. It's not. It's either an eighth of an itliki or a sixth of an itliki. I'm the Rav Yosef. Rav Yosef responds. Oh, why, why does it have to be like that? That's what it was. No, because that's what a pruta was in the times of... Uh, what I'm saying is that it still could be the smallest. True, but it doesn't have to be. The point is it doesn't have to be. It could be. It doesn't have to be. And, 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 and the point is, if the smallest denomination, let's say an eighth of an itliki is a quarter, even if there are nickels around, no good. It has to be a quarter. The point is, there is a value. The problem is, Rav Yosef wants to prove his point. Again, Rav Yosef originally felt that it was the smallest coin, even if it's less than an eighth of an itliki, but he was rejected because these Amiroyim and these Tanoyim all say it's an eighth of an itliki, or a sixth. It's a machleg. Rav Yosef wants to bring his proof in the following. How will you explain the following price? According to you, that has a specific market value. How will you explain the following price? Now, the following price is like this. Now, what this price um, is coming to do is like this. Um, we know that if you do me'ila, right? So you use the Beis property, you have to bring a carbon. Okay? The value of that carbon is two shekels. How much do you have to benefit in order to do the Avera? A pruta. Right? If you benefit, just even a pruta's worth of the Beis HaMikdash, you already have an you have to bring a, a huge carbon that's worth two shekels. So the Brisa wants to tell you how stupid that was, <laughs> of how much you have to pay. You use the benefit of a, of a pruta, and you have to bring two shekels. The Brisa says, you want to know how the difference between a pruta and two shekels? It's over 2,000 times more valuable. So if you, you benefited a pruta, which is like a nickel, you're going to have to spend $200, over 2,000 times, Okay? That's what the price it says. The problem is, if a pruta is the smallest denomination, then okay, it could be 2,000 times. 
But if a pruta is an eighth of an itzuki, the difference between one pruta and two shekels is not 2,000, it's 1,536. So according to you, that a pruta has a specific value. So then how do you figure out the price? The price says that if you benefited a pruta, you have to bring a two-shekel carbon. It's 2,000 times more. It's not 2,000 times more. If a pruta is the smallest denomination, then maybe. But if a pruta has a specific value, and that is an eighth of an itzliki, it's not 2,000. It's 1,536. It's not just the general... No, because if you go from the math, to get from a pruta to a shekel, the, the, there is a way to do it. The way to do it would be... There's 96 iser in a sela, and there's eight prutas in an iser. Two selas equals one shekel. So it, it would make 1,536. Art scroll has a chart to figure it out. The point is, if it's working that a pruta is the eighth of an iser, then it has a specific value. And then if you do the math, it'll turn into 1,536, not 2,000. So the Gemara says, Hashtal yes, The price says it's more than 2,000. It's not even 2,000, it's 1,536. So the Gemara says, I'm the Husaba. There was an elder who said, I'm not Tanil with Karvel So it's not 2,000, it's close. Okay, you're right. It's close to 2,000. Is 1,536 close to 2,000? It's not so close. The Gemara, that's not so close. The Gemara says, Saif, Saif, Alpa, Alpa, Vicham, Ishmeo, Tlos, and Vishitu, Davin. It's not that close. It's 1,536. It's not too close to 1,000, to 2,000. The answer is, it's more than, more than half. The Gemara says, Kivan, Denafkli, Mipalga, Karvel, Pamukar. It's close to 2,000 because it's more than 1,500. Anything more than 1,500. It's on the, it's on the second half of closer to 2,000. That's what you, you have to say. So the math does work. Meaning, you're right. It's not actually 2,000, but it's more than 1,500. So, so it's close. Isn't that modern-day math? Yeah, yeah. You round up. Once you round up. You round up. Okay. Fine. Gufa. So we had a machlekes amiroyim. Is a, a pruta an eighth of an itliki or a sixth? The Gemara wants to point out, I'll just basically say, the Gemara is going to point out, this machlekes amiroim is mamish machlekes tanoim. Okay. Gufa, kiyasa, rav dimi, yamar, shir, rav simoi, bedare, kamu, pruta. Rav simoi, darshin, how much is a pruta? Echot mishmoi, nabi iser, itziki. An eighth of an Italian iser. Bechi, kiyasa, rav, in omar. When rava came, shir, rav, destoy, rav, yana, rav, shir, kamu, pruta. Echot mishish, nabi iser, it's an eighth or a sixth. Okay. Amr, leabai, yil, rav dimi, rabai, said to rav dimi, your machlekes amiroyim of whether it's an eighth or a six is mamish machlekes tanoim. What's the machlekes tanoim? Detanya. Again, I'm I'm not going to spend a lot of time going through the the figuring out of the coins. I'm just going to go to the conclusion. Okay. So you have a machlekes whether a pruta is a sixth of an Italian italki or an eighth of an Italian italki. What does the brisa say? Pruta shamuchachamim echad mishmoi nebeiser italki. Oh, the Tanakama, Mamish says, how much is an Italian Italy? How much is a Pruta? An eighth. Boom. Mamish an eighth. Now, how did the Tanakama get there? Because he said, Sheish Ma'a Kesav Dina, there's six silver Ma'a to a Dina. Ma'a Shnei Pundion, a Ma'a is equal to two Pundion. Pundion Shnei Musmisin, and Isser is equal to two Musmisin. Masmi Shnei Kundi. Kuntroinkin, or Musmus is equal to two Kuntroinkin, Kuntrikshe Prutus. The Kuntrikshe Prutus, Nimsa Prutachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachach
two and a half. I, don't, I can't do that in math. Point is, um, by the way, it's a good foreshadowing of Bob Metzia. <laughs> <laughs> Point is, <laughs> this paragraph we're just going to skip. Point is, um, th- th- this, this Tanakama, his conclusion is that it, in is, uh, Pruta is an eighth. How he gets there, he gets there his own way, but it's an eighth, which is like the first opinion, which is like Reb Simoy. Then the t- second opinion, Reb Shimon Gamliel Oimer, Shloisha Hadrasin Lamar, he has his own Cheshman. He says there's three Hadris to Amar, Shnei Hanitzin Lahadris, there's two Hanitzin to Ahadris, Shnei Shimonin Lahanitz, there's two Shaman to Ahanitz, Beis Prutus Lashaman, and there's two Prutus to a Shaman, and if you do his math, Nimza Pruta Achaz Meshisha, it's a pruta is a sixth. So the Tanakhama says an eighth. He says a sixth. It's mamish the machloig is amiroyim is a machloig is tanoim. Leima demarav katanakhama rav and amir the kumishim olil. So the 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 rabbiya says to Rav Dimi, your machloig is mamish the machloig is tanoim. So he said no. The truth is, he says like this. Amar le bein didi bein ravin alibe the tanakhama. He says the truth is everyone agrees. Both me and Ravin. Again, I say an eighth of an Italian Italki, he says a sixth. We both follow the Tanakama. We both don't agree with Rashingum Leel. Rashingum Leel said a sixth. We're both not going with it. We're going with Tanakama as an eighth. So I said eighth, eighth, perfect. I, he said sixth and eighth. What's going on? The answer is the, it's an Italian Italki. It's an Isser, Italian coin. That coin fluctuated. So whether a Pruta is a sixth or an eighth just depends on the Isser. So a Pruta is always. It is generally an eighth, but it could turn into a sixth if the value drops. The Gemara says, This is just a matter of what the Italian Isser is valued. If the Italian Isser is, is, uh, is, is I can't remember, cheaper or more expensive. One is going to be an eighth, one is going to be a sixth. Uh, the one that I told you was when Issers were high in value and therefore... It was equal to 24 zoos. That's when a pruta was an eighth. But if the price drops, it becomes into a sixth. It's like trying to figure out the price of a dollar to shekel. It just depends on where the shekel is. If the shekel's here, the shekel's there. It, it, it's, but we both agree that generally the ratio is the eighth. It's just sometimes, that's the ratio we're going with. He said six because sometimes the price drops. Okay. <laughs> Done with that. New, new topic. From here... Here, again, they have charts. I, I, I can't. Here, here's the deal. Amr Shmuel, a very interesting halacha. We, we said in the Mishnah, if you make an isha with less than a pruta, again, let's go with a pruta as a quarter, okay? So you give a woman, ugh, it's not, not a good example. Uh, I don't want to give a, a coin. You give a, you give a, I don't know, you give a, 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 a base, a, a little a blue ball. The, the value is 10 cents. So it's not good. You know, Mekadosh of the pruta. Shmuel has a shita. He holds that if you give an item that's not with a pruta, we're still machmer that it's kedusha suffolk. Why? Because maybe that blue ball is worth a quarter in a different state. Right? You tell me that it's not worth a quarter. It's not worth a quarter in Queens. Maybe it's worth a quarter in New Jersey. Right? Huh? But you don't go. But it has to go with. You go with the inherent value of the item. That item, yes, right here, it's not worth a pruta. But maybe it's worth a pruta in a different location. So therefore, I'm not saying that it'll be a Vade Kedushin, but Kedusha Safik meaning Shmuel would require a get. That's the point. The Gemara says, Amr Shmuel, Kitshabitmara, if a man was Makadashisha with a date. He handed her a date. Now, what's the value of a date? Well, it depends. If there's a lot of dates, dates are cheap. If an area where dates are scarce, they're more expensive. So you were Makadashir, 
in an area where they're very cheap. You're in a city where the kur of tamarim is worth a dinar, meaning a, a date is worth five cents. nothing. It's not a pruta. Still, mikudeshes. It's mikudeshes. You're still married. Because maybe it's worth a pruta in madai. Meaning, because maybe that date, that's why not with coins, coins have an inherent value, but when you're dealing with items, maybe it's worth a pruta in a different location. Now, he says mikudeshes, that implies that it's real kedushin, even kedushin vada, you're vada married. That can't be. The Gemara says, Ha'anan tanan beisil, I'm a pruta shav a pruta, I thought it has to be a pruta. The answer is, like kasha, kedushin vada, kedushin safik. Shmuel just meant you're kedushin safik. We're not sure, and therefore she needs a get. That's the point. So if you're Mekadosh and Isha with an item that's not worth a pruta, but it could be worth a pruta in another location, then you need to, to give a get. She's Mekadosh is Misafik. So if she's Mekadosh and another man, she would need a get from both. There's a Safik Mamzeris. If she's married. Right. So for all intents and purposes, she's married. Mekadosh is Misafik. It doesn't mean... Meaning the point is... So what's the mouth of Oh, and, I, and she's well, yeah, I guess whether she, well, no, she can't eat truma if you're a kayan. She wouldn't be allowed to eat truma if you're a kayan. You wouldn't let her go to a funeral if, if, she's, if she dies because it's a suffix condition. No. I'm talking about biblically. I'm saying biblically, you wouldn't be allowed to, she wouldn't be able to eat truma because she's not a kedusha. The point is, yeah, you're right. For, you could still marry her. Yeah, but, but the point is, it's kedusha suffix and she needs a get. Okay. There was a man who was Makadish's wife with a bundle of uh, it's um, some sort of fabric material, whatever it was. It's some sort of material, cotton material, whatever it is, that's probably not worth a pruta. Okay. So the, the Rabbanim were looking into it to try to figure out the value, whether it's worth a pruta. So, and the implication of that, their, their investigation is that if it's not worth a pruta, you're not married at all. Oh, I thought Shmuel says you're married. Why are you looking into it? You're married anyway. The Gemara says, The answer is, Yeah, they want to know if you're vada married. You're right. Once you gave it, you're going to need to get anyway. But they're trying to find out, are you Vada'i married? It's very Negea if she's Meqabal Kedushan from someone else. Right. If she's Meqabal Kedushan from someone else. If you're Vada'i married, the second Kedushan is not Chal. If, if it's a Suffolk, then you need to get from both people. So they're looking into it to try to figure out whether it's Kedushan Suffolk or Kedushan Vada'i. It's definitely something. Another story. Now, okay, according to Shmuel, if you give an item, even if it's not worth a pruta, we're going to make you get a get. There was a man who gave his wife a stone that was like bluish stone, I guess, and it was very, very cheap. And it's not sure, they're not sure whether it's worth a pruta or not. By the way, you could have a very nice, you go to a rock on the floor that's quartz, it's very, very nice, it could very, be very pretty, but it's not worth a pruta, you know. So they have this stone that was very nice looking, but they're not sure whether it's worth a pruta, so they're looking into it. Yasser Rav Chiz is trying to evaluate the stone. Now, Rashi explains the case was more complicated. After she was makabal that stone, she was Makadish, the guy's brother. So now, you got to decide. It's not like Kedushi Safik. They want to find out, was that first Kedushin good or not? If it's good, then the second Kedushin was not Chal. If it's not good, then the second Kedushin is Chal. And as we're going to see in a moment, Shmuel does not, uh, this is Rav Chizda. Rav Chizda does True, just that was the case. Well, it's a little more complicated, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, the point is, Rav Chizda does not follow Shmuel. You see, according to Shmuel, it's pretty simple. 
This is an item that's not worth a pruta, but it might be worth a pruta somewhere else. You get divorced from both. Easy. According to Shmuel, it's clear cut. Chizda doesn't hold like Shmuel. He feels binary. Pruta, good. No pruta, no good. Very simple. That's, that's, that's Rav Chizda's take. Yeah, well, what we thought until Shmuel. So what was Rechiz's conclusion? Rechiz is looking into it, looking into it. He concludes it is not worth a pruta. No good. And the second condition is Chal. The mother of the first one, this is probably a raya that Rashi's Girsa, there's two Shilas in Girsa's Rashi's brothers, could be stepbrothers, whatever. The mother of the first Chasen, yeah, brother from the father. The mother of the first chassan is very upset by this, right? She hears the Kedushan wasn't chal and she's married to someone else because it wasn't worth a pruta. She says, it was worth a pruta at the time. It may not be a pruta now, but it was a worth a pruta then, right? Let's say the, the, ring was, the, the ring was given on a Sunday. It goes to Rav Chizda Wednesday. That's by the time the Shaila gets him. Rav Chizda looks into it. He says, it's not worth a pruta now. But she says, it was, it was a pruta then. So what does Rav Chizda respond? Rav Chizda says, You don't have the right to ask her on the second husband. Meaning, go to the next page, hey, we don't believe you. You, you can't just, uh, we go with what the item is in front of us now. We don't start going into theories of maybe it was worth more. You don't have the right to do that. And to, we go with what we see, right? A dying goes with Masha'in of Royce. I see an item not worth a proof. That's it. Okay. But then she says, and he, and he says, what's my proof? That we don't just, you don't have the right to just asser the second marriage. This is comparable to the Yehudis, the wife of Rechia. There's a part of the story I don't understand exactly. Um, I, I have a theory, I haven't seen the Mepharshim, of why the part of the story is brought down. Yehudis, the wife of Rechia, she, uh, she had a very painful delivery when she gave birth. I guess that made her analyze like her life a little bit. I don't know why that's an important part of the story. She had a very painful delivery. And I guess she wanted to look into why Hashem would do this to her. And she analyzed it. And this is what she finds out. Amrle, she says, after she went through it, she says, Amrle, my mother told me, When you were a kid, your father was Mechabal Kedushin for you. So you're actually a married woman. So this kid that you're having with your husband is really a mamza. Maybe that's what she, mean, right? She was having delivery. She's married. She got married. This is Chiz's wife. Meaning, Yehudis married Rav Chia, and then they have a painful delivery. She starts looking into why this could be, and she asks her mother, and her mother's like, oh, when you were a kid, under Bat Mitzvah, your father married you off. Forgot to tell you. Oops. Isn't there like a where it's like, you're like, like, oh, we married you off, but we forgot to... Like, it's well, it's a strange... Well, the question basically... Well, the, the, well, the question is, do we believe the mother, Especially now that she's saying it after the baby's already born with a chazaka that is kosher. Like you have a baby that's born and everyone thinks that they're married. You just get to say, oh, your dad married you off. It's pretty convenient to say that. There's no way to prove it. So, yeah, the father was not alive anymore. So it's basically, it's like a he, she said, she said, but without any proof. So Amr la, Rav it's interesting, Rav Chia is passing. Rav Chia said, your wife does. Your mother doesn't have the right to asser you to me and to asser our kids. She, she's not believed. Meaning, it's very convenient. We don't believe you when it's just like, oh, so it's the same thing also. You gave a ring. Today it's not worth a pruta and she married someone else. And you're like, yeah, but it was worth a pruta then. No, it's very convenient for you to say. We, we, don't, we, we go with what it is now. I don't know. The, there's no way to trace it back. You know, Right now it's not worth a pruta. That's it. Now, 
Amrili Rabban Lerav Chizda. Rabban said Lerav Chizda. Ha'ika Sadi Beidis. The Yadi the Hu Yoyim Ahav Bishav Prudim. Ah, but now the Rabban will get involved and they say, I think it's the problem. Again, man number one gives her a ring on Sunday, this blue stone. And then Tuesday she get married to someone else. Wednesday, the first husband brings her to the rabbi. Rav Chizda, Rav Chizda says that that first ring is not worth a pruta. No good. The mother says it was worth a pruta on Sunday. He says, yeah, I don't believe you don't have the right to just make up stories. But now the rabbanon get involved. The rabbanon said there are edim in the city of Idis that can tell you it was worth a pruta. Now, what's exactly the case? Look at look at Tysus for one second. Tysus says, what exactly is the case? So Tysus says, Tysus says, don't say. That maybe there are Adam. Because then, then Emil Dover Saif, right? If, if a Rav says, a Rav says it's not worth a pruta, and you say it was worth a pruta on Sunday, and he says, prove it. And, and your response is, maybe there are witnesses somewhere. It's like, well, okay, then, then find them. Find them. And Tysus also says, because then, by the way, you'll never have any marriage. You'll say, right? A woman comes and gets married, and you show up at the wedding, you're like, she married someone else. And you're like, you have witnesses for this? There might be witnesses uh, in Israel. And like, okay, then you'll never, then it's chaos. But the Tysus also says, It also can't be that you know there are witnesses. Because if you actually know there are witnesses, like, if you're like, I met them, they told me. And like, everyone's like, yeah, we spoke to them. Then that's legit. The case is, we heard there are witnesses. So it's not that we're making it up, but it's not that we know for sure. It's like, Rumor has it that there are witnesses in Idis that can testify that this stone was worth a pruta at the time of the first marriage. So what does Rav Chizda respond? Hashtamilag, listen, come on. They're not here. I, I, I don't care about your rumors. They're not here. I'm going with what I see. They're not here. What's my proof? My proof is that we don't just go by rumors of witnesses somewhere else. And it's interesting because I could have heard the Gemara going differently. I could have heard him say, well, if we can clarify. Correct. So what's his proof? What's of Chizda's proof? That we don't go with like maybe witnesses somewhere else, we just go with right here. Lav The case of this, this was a sugya in Ksubus. Shmuel's daughters were captured. Okay? Now generally when a woman is captured by Goyim, we're afraid that they were raped by the Goyim, in which case the apostle for Kuhuna. These daughters showed up to the base medrash and said, we were captured, but they never touched us. What's the halacha? The halacha is they are kasha for kahuna. Why? Because pesha asar hua pesha hitter. Meaning, it's not like we know they were captured. They're the ones who told us they're captured, and they also told us that they were not touched. Therefore, if you believe half their story, you're going to believe the whole story. Fine. There, Kamar and Ksuba says, I heard there are witnesses overseas that she, they were captured. Now, if there are witnesses that they were captured, then we're not relying on their testimony to say they're captured. Then it's just their word. Then, then it's no good. So what did Rav Hanina say? There are witnesses in the north, the Tesser. Meaning, they're not here. I, I don't see these witnesses. So the fact that Rav Hanina says that regarding that situation, you could apply it over here. Now what is the difference? So Abayi Varava say, how do you compare the two sugyas? Again, what's your, what's your source? Your source is, that by the case of the captured woman, there might be witnesses overseas that said that they were captured, in which case we're not relying on their testimony, in which case they're usher, and on that Ruchanina says, where, where are they? They're not here. 
So we go with what, what's here. So to over here, either are witnesses that we heard that know that it was worth a Shavah Pruta, you go with what's here. Abai and Rav say, how do you compare the two? Why look at Taisvis? The answer is, what are you trying to compare? You're trying to compare the case of a captured woman being Pasla Kahuna, where we're lenient, to Eishasish. You want to know why it's not comparable? Every time a woman is captured, do you know that she was raped? You don't know. It's an assumption. It's enough of an assumption that we'll say to a Kayan, don't marry her. It's not like you're dealing with real Eishasish, really Surim. You're dealing with presumption to an Isser. So over there, they'll be lenient. Over here, you have a woman who got married to a man, and there are potentially witnesses out there that say that it was a good marriage, which means she is a married woman, and then she marries someone else, and she's having children with that second guy, that's a pretty severe thing. That's Aisha's ish. That's more than just a woman being captured where there's a presumption of a problem. This is a real issue, and therefore I, I don't think you should be lenient. So Abayi Barava were very strict, and they felt that this, this second marriage should end as well. The Gemara says, Ishtari mahu mishpacha Now, so again, you had this woman, married the first one questionably, the second one was legit. Rav Chizda felt she could stay with the second one. Abayi Rava questioned it. Abayi Rava said, I don't know, this is a little problematic. So that couple, that woman from the second couple had children, who had children, who had children, and eventually one of their descendants lived in Surah, but the Rabbanim of Surah distance did not marry into that family. Why? And it's not because they followed Shmuel that maybe the item was worth the Shava Pruta and Modai. It's because they followed Abai Varava, that Abai Varava said, if we know there are witnesses potentially out there, it's potentially, it's, it's Mamzerus, and you have to be Machmer. So they followed Abai Varava and not Rav Chizda, who was lenient. Okay, now, let's just end, uh, two more sukyas, one pretty simple, and the last one is just more of a mental sukyah. There was a man who went over to a woman in the marketplace and was mekadasher with a hadas, with a myrtle branch. So, the following psak. What's the psak? Give him lashes. But you need a divorce. Meaning, basically, let me tell you outside. You gave her a hadas, not worth a pruta. According to Shmuel, it could be very much worth a pruta in an area where hadasim are scarce. So you need to get because of Shmuel. But we're going to give you lashes. Why? Rob's opinion is that if you mekadesh and isha in the marketplace, that's inappropriate, and you give lashes. To mekadesh and isha in the marketplace was considered, uh, you know, not sneeze in that time. Even nowadays, I would think that uh, the Rabbanim would not be uh, happy with like a, a full proposal and, uh, you know, a flash mob. It's not a sneeze thing. But especially Kedushin, again, we don't have Kedushin nowadays like that. Our Kedushin is at a wedding. But to make Kaddish in public was considered inappropriate, and Rav would give lashes. So we're going to make you give a get because of Shmuel, but we're going to give you lashes because of Rav. Now we're going to introduce when did Rav give lashes related to marriage. So the Gemara says, the Rav did the following thing. Rav would give lashes, Mekadosh Meshuka, if you Mekadosh and in the Shuk, that was inappropriate. Mekadosh Mabiyah, if your choice of Kedushin was not Kesef or Shtar, if you Mekadosh Mabiyah, he would also give you lashes. Al Mekadosh Bloy Shiduchi, if you Mekadosh and without meeting her. Right? Even by Hasidim, where they do uh, sit-ins, they meet once. You have to meet once. Because if you don't meet once, then maybe it's, uh, you want to, uh, it's, 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 
it's, it, it, it's, 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 it's demeaning to the entire process if you never even meet once. So if you're Mekaddish without Shaduchi, without first asking her, it's not meeting, it's not specifically meeting. Shaduchi was asking her, would you like to get married? I think it's a good idea. Yes. If you just go over to a woman, Stam, and you're like, Harry Mekaddish is Lee, and she's like, all right. That's so inappropriate that it that, that, that feels like you just want to live together. So it's considered, he would give lashes for that. I'm a Mevatal Gita. If a husband nullifies the divorce, we've had this in the past, let's say a husband sends a divorce with a shliach, and then he runs after the shliach, and he says, not a good get, a mevatel get, they would give you lashes. Why? Because what if the shliach doesn't relay the message, gives the divorce to the wife, the wife thinks she's divorced, but the get was already nullified, and then she gets remarried, and it, it's chaos, and so no good. And the last, and another one is, I, I mentioned this on Shabbos, I, I, people get confused by this, I don't remember the Shabbos, I don't remember that. I think it was Shabbos. You're allowed, whenever someone gets divorced, you you can't be coerced. But if Bezdin feels they should get divorced, meaning once Bezdin feels they have to get divorced, then you could beat them up and you could break their legs. The case is a guy is getting beaten up by the Bezdin, rightfully so. But he spreads the rumors and he says, it was coerced, it's not a good get, it was coerced, it's not a good get, without telling them that that he had to get coerced, and that it was halachically permissible to get those. means that means you just start spreading rumors that this, this get was coerced in a way that would invalidate it, even though it would not invalidate it in reality. So basically, you're making rumors about the falsity of your get. Someone who harasses court's messengers. Someone, he would give lashes for someone that was excommunication for 30 days and didn't do tshuva. And for a son-in-law that lives by his mother-in-law. Uh, and the, uh, the Chazal were always worried that the mother-in-law would act inappropriately with the son-in-law, and therefore the son-in-law and daughter should not stay in the same house, should not move in to their parents. It's probably not a good idea, Stam, but they would uh, to not to move in, and he would give lashes for a, a son-in-law that lived by his mother-in-law. So the Gemara just says, wait a minute, the I thought Rav Sheshis once gave lashes for a son-in-law visiting his mother-in-law. Forget about living. I thought he gave lashes for, for visiting. The answer is, who made them have a diamond That case, where that son-in-law that he gave lashes for visiting is because the rumors were that they, they were acting and they were living together. That's why he gave lashes for because he said, for you, you can't even visit. But for the average son-in-law, you're allowed to visit, you just can't live. Okay. In Nardo, they have a different version. They felt that Rav would only give lashes on the following thing. If you're Mekadosh and Bia, without actually asking her first. So that, they felt, was so inappropriate. That's when they would give lashes. And some say that he would give lashes for all Kedush Bia, even if there is Shaduchin before, because it's so inappropriate. Okay, I, I want to mention these last, this last case. I, I find this from a Lumdis perspective a little bit difficult, but I'll tell you the Psak. Okay, that's what Dafyam is. I'll tell you the Psak, the Lumdis is a little bit hard. There was a man who gave uh, a woman like a blanket full of hadasim. He basically took old hadasim and weaved it together. It was worthless. <laughs> it's not worth a pruta. He gave it to the woman. So, Amrle, so they said, it's not worth a shava pruta. Amrle, again, he gives her the mat. Yeah, he gives her the mat of hadasim and she says, thank you. Yes, yes, a thousand times yes. And then they're like, it's not worth a pruta. Amrle, so the husband says, look inside the mat. There's money inside. He's romantic. Inside the mat, there's money. So the question is, and she doesn't say anything. The question is, is it a Kedushin? 
She just remained silent. She held on to it, but she remained silent. So I would say, yeah, I mean, she's meant. Rava feels it's not a good condition. Why? When she accepted the Kedushin with the mice in the Sina, right? When you gave her the item and she accepted it, she didn't know there was money there. So she thought she was accepting just mats alone. Mat alone was not worth a pruta. So what she accepted was not worth a pruta. I, afterwards, it turns out that there's money in there. She, that she never, she never accepted. I, she didn't give it back. That's not proof. It's a very interesting, because to me, the fact that she's not giving it back, that itself is an acceptance. So no, what she accepted was for what she thought a mat without money in it. And that item was not with a pruta. I clape shmai in Nesgalia, it turns out afterwards there was, there was value. But that's not what she accepted. It's a very, from a lumdis perspective, it's very, very hard to understand. But that's, that's what Mara says. It's called shtikus lachemikan. It's after you gave it to her, then she's quiet. That's not a full acceptance. Very interesting. I'll prove it to you. How do I know that silence after the money is given is meaningless? Meaning, what you, it has to be that she accepts it at the time of the Nasina. But the problem is at the time of the Nasina, she didn't know there was money there. She was accepting a mat which was worthless. That's not good. I, afterwards, her silence is the acceptance. The answer is silence after money is given is not an acceptance. How do I know this? Titania, Amr Lafa man says to a woman, Kansi Sela Zubikadin, accept this Sela, please take this $100 as, uh, please watch it for me. Okay? So I want you to take it to watch. Chazar Amalek, she puts it in her pocket, fine. Then he says to her a few minutes later, uh, oh, let's get married with that money. The halacha is, if at the time the money was given, he, before she accepted it, he said that then, but after the money was, was already given to her, he said it, meaning once it's already in her pocket, then if she consents to the proposal she's married, if not, not. So what does it mean, and loy ratzasa. My ratzasa, my loy ratzasa. Ilay meratzasam in. Loy ratzasam loy. If ratzasam means literally, she says, I accept. Yes, I do. And loy ratzasa means I don't. Then mechlad deresha, ki amr le nami have a kedushin, amai amr loy. Can't be, because the, the, the resha is that if, if uh, at the shas nesina, when the money's given over, if you say it's for kedushin, even if it's loy ratzasa. If loy ratzasa means no, if the woman says no, she's never married. So what is ratzasa and what's loy ratzasa? Elav ratzasa damre'in. Ratzasa means she said yes, then it's good. Loy ratzasa ishtaki mishtik. Loy ratzasa means she didn't say no, but she's quiet. Quiet is not enough. It shows you that silence, which is occurs after the money was given, is not a form of an acceptance. Tomorrow we'll, we'll, we'll touch on this in the beginning. But that's absurd. All right, we'll stop here. My pleasure. Good job, Thank you. Oh, thank you.